Sermon on the Mount. Last week, I fin- finished a three-part series on worry, and I've gotten great, great feedback, not feedback on, I've just gotten great, people are having breakthrough because of worry. Are you, are you getting any breakthrough with your worry? Anybody? Amen. Let me encourage you, as you're getting breakthrough with worry, you need to tell somebody. You need to let that word that's come into you, the word of God's come into your heart and is helping you break through. Now, you need to release that testimony to somebody else that's going through that. You may not be completely over worry. You're getting through worry. Well, go ahead and help somebody out of their hole while you're coming out of yours. We overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of the testimony. It's Revelation 12, 11. You've got to let your testimony get out. And what's going to happen Wednesday night, we've got someone in our church that has this wonderful worry, uh, freedom from worry testimony that they're going to share Wednesday night. And if you're still battling um, worry, come Wednesday night. We overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of the testimony. If it's worry that you're battling, come Wednesday night for this testimony. I believe it will change your life. Wednesday night at 630. All right. Matthew chapter 7. We're finally in chapter 7. Everybody say amen. amen. This has been a, been a good long process. Matthew chapter 7. Um, we have been in the Sermon on the Mount, been covering the Beatitudes, covered chapter 5. We've now finished chapter 6. Today is chapter 7. And I'm, thank you. Get your Bibles out and start flipping with me. Matthew chapter 7. As we're finalizing, we start to see that Jesus is actually addressing these relational dynamics that take place in, the, in, in a person's life that is trying to walk out the Sermon on the Mount. It's a process. We started at the basics and we've gone from step one to now toward the end of the, end of the steps. And the Lord is saying, now you're going to face some challenges. How many of you are facing challenges? A few of you? So as we start to try to walk out the Sermon on the Mount, what I would want to call radical obedience to God that we've just learned from chapters 5 and 6, we run into relational challenges. Let me tell you, you're going to run into relational challenges regardless. In your family, in your marriage, in your job, just put two people together and they'll eventually not get along. Just a matter of time. You know, they... Found a, found a guy on a deserted island, had been there for 30 years. You know, it was like the movie Castaway, but they finally rescued him. And he said, oh, before we leave, i got to show you what I've done. He said, come and look at my house. They came and he looked at this house. He had built him a nice house out of uh, palm branches and coconuts and whatnot, wood. And he had just done excellent. And then he said, come over here and look at my church. This is my church. He had built a nice church, just a church for one where he could just worship the Lord. Then he said, the guy said, well, what's that other building over there? He said, that's where I used to go to church. (laughs) We have relational challenges, sometimes even with ourselves. Everybody say amen. amen. All right, so. Here we are, Matthew chapter 7. We begin chapter 7 in probably one of the most quoted scriptures in all, in all the Bible. Judge not lest you be judged. The, the problem is it's not ever quoted in the right way with the right spirit at the right time. It's always with the wrong spirit at the wrong time. However, I believe it's one of the most misunderstood scriptures. Let's dive in. Matthew chapter 7. Y'all got your Bibles open with me? Judge not, 
that you may that you be not judged for with what judgment you use for with what judgment you use you will be judged and with the measure you use it will be measured back to you verse 3 and why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye but do not consider the plank in your own eye or how can you say to your brother let me remove the speck from your eye and look a plank is in your own eye verse 5 hypocrite First, or it's an exclamation point, hypocrite! First, remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they be trampled, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn and tear you in pieces. Father, in Jesus' name, we just acknowledge that this is your teaching, Jesus, that this is your word. And that, Lord, that we have come into this place knowing that we need to learn from your word. That we don't have all the answers and that we can come to you for the answers. Holy Spirit, we just, we just ready our hearts to you to, for you to speak directly to us right now. Because, Lord, we have messed this up. And we want to get it right. We are a people that want to get this right with you, Lord. I want to walk. I want to walk worthy of you, Lord Jesus. It's in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Now, with this scripture, we need to compare scripture with scripture in order to interpret various passages in the Word of God in the New and the Old Testament. Rarely can you just read one scripture and that scripture by itself can we get the full meaning. Amen. Have you ever read one scripture and you're like, what is exactly does that mean? And then as you study, you find other scriptures to help point you in the right direction. Same thing here. The Holy Spirit intends us to use scripture to interpret the scripture. Especially with this verse, judge not lest you be judged. He brings up this subject of judgment because pursuing radical Christianity... Because remember, the verse right before Matthew chapter 7 verse 1 is Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. We've got to be looking as we pursue radical Christianity. That we see that Jesus is leading us now into dealing with how we judge. With dealing with how we deal with other people. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Jesus is trying to teach us to make the kingdom of God your absolute highest priority. Higher than money, higher than honor. The primary dream of your life is to be connecting with the king, living for his glory, expanding the kingdom, walking in righteousness in your personal life. And you know what happens when you start to walk in righteousness, when you start to pursue God with everything you've got? we start to get critical of others. Have you ever noticed that when you were most excited about Christ, you were just on fire, you start to notice what everybody else is doing wrong? And Jesus is saying, watch out, this is going to happen. And what, what wants to come on us is self-righteousness. We're right, you're wrong. And I can all of a sudden see everything wrong in your life. And I think I probably should tell you. It's my calling is to tell you what you're doing wrong. No, it isn't. It isn't, but it happens. All kinds of judgments naturally come out. But the subject of judgment of believers judging others is so confusing. 
particularly with all the rhetoric of our society over the last 10 to 20 years, when the subject of judgment is so primary in our conversations. Because people want to have the freedom to walk in any kind of sin that they want without any boundaries whatsoever. And when you challenge their morality or if you challenge their sin, they call you intolerant. And they throw this scripture at you, don't judge. Jesus didn't judge. Wait a minute. God's the righteous judge. He does judge. And I'm going to show you from scripture that God calls us to judge. The problem is we are to judge righteously. And I'm going to show you with scripture. Judgment means to evaluate. You have to evaluate what is right and good, and you have to evaluate what is harmful and bad in order to protect yourself, your family, and other people. If you just let everything go, man, you'd be in trouble. Judgment, and we're going to see from our next scripture, that judgment is necessary. You're going to see in just a minute that Jesus in no way is forbidding judgment in this verse. What he is forbidding is the wrong application of judgment with the wrong spirit. And usually we're, do, we're judging with harshness. The Bible literally commands us to judge. We have to evaluate and we have to do it in a biblical way. That is the key point. We need to evaluate what's right. We need to declare. Everybody say declare. Declare what's right. Somebody stand up and say what's right. We need to declare what's wrong and harmful so that others are protected from it and liberated from it and set free from it. The point of judgment is to hinder that which hinder, to remove that which hinders love. The point of judgment is not to have a critical spirit. Because you have a vendetta against somebody who bothers you. That's the thing you don't want to do. Judgment from a biblical point of view is far bigger than your emotion towards your brother. It's far bigger than any vendetta and any critical spirit. Again, the purpose of judgment is to remove that which hinders love. To affirm that which is right. To expose and remove what is wrong and harmful. Judgment is actually an expression of the mercy and the grace of God. And it's an expression of the character of God. In the Old Testament and the New Testament equally, there are many examples where God's blessing is released to where, where his people are judging correctly and just the vice versa, that the people struggle when they are not bringing judgment to the things that should be removed from their society. When they refused to judge, trouble came. If you've got your Bibles out, turn with me to John chapter 7, verse 24. This is one of those verses that you've got to put alongside with Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. It says, don't judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Jesus commanded us to judge, but judge righteously. Not according to human opinion, not according to human facades or human appearance. 
But he says, judge, just do it righteously. That's what he's commanded us to do. How can we do it righteously? We've got to know what's righteous. How do we know what's righteous? We've got to know God's plan. How do we know God's plan? We've got to be in his word. We've got to have his Holy Spirit. We've got to be around other believers that are believing in the word of God and walking it out. That's how I know what's right. That's how I know what's wrong. If I'm removed from the Word of God, if I'm removed from the Holy Spirit, then I, there is no way I can know what's right except according to the world. And the world's got it messed up. Are you with me? The world thinks everything's okay. The world thinks everything's okay. And church, if you're parent, if, if you parents, if you're not teaching your kids what's right and wrong, they're going to believe what the world believes. You're called to teach your children what's right and wrong. Remove the bad, encourage the good. So that when they depart from you, they will not fall. They'll be able to stand. And when they fall down going backwards over a mattress, they get back up. One of the expressions my dad and my mom both equally always said is, don't feel sorry for yourself. Get up. You put the mattress there. You walked up on it. You fell down. No one did anything to you. You did that. And then you said something you shouldn't have said. So we got a lot of cleanup to do. Clean up on aisle six. <laughs> Go get out the cleaning supplies. Plead the blood of Jesus. Go and apologize to my daughter. Didn't realize that that was even in her daddy. Well, she probably did realize it, but anyway, I'm going to act like she didn't. How many of you fall down? The righteous fall down. The unrighteous fall down. But we get up. Somebody needs the word today to get up. Get up. God is with you. Righteous judgment is neglected. You know what happens? Sin increases. When righteous judgment is neglected in the family, in the church, in the marketplace, in society, where the church is supposed to be salt and light and a voice of truth and a faithful witness, when judgment is neglected, which is the rhetoric of society, sin increases and Satan has a greater opportunity to rule. To destroy human life. And you know, in Jesus' day, they knew that they were to judge. This wasn't a new topic for them. They knew it was biblical to bring judgment on negative behavior, on people who were doing wrong, activities that were wrong. It was well established. There was no debate in Jesus' day. So as he approached this subject in Matthew chapter 7, the presupposition is already in place that judgment is biblical. What he was saying is that Prohibiting judging with the wrong spirit. If you can catch me this morning, this morning is just an intro to judgment. There is so much right here in Matthew chapter 7 verses 1 through 6. But we've got to, we've got to grasp the fact that the wrong judgment is wrong. Judging wrong is what we're trying to stop and judging correctly is what we want to do. What Christ has called us to do. The problem is we rarely judge correctly. It's usually got a hook in it. We've got a reason for it. 
and the reason's not biblical. He was in no way saying, don't judge. You've got to read it in context of what Jesus said about judgment in many other passages. What my point is, is that I believe that the world separates this one scripture out and uses it to justify sin. Uses it to stop, I believe the church even does it, uses it to stop from being corrected in an area that you need correcting. We want to play the judgment card because we don't want people to really help us out of our out of our pit. We're okay with our sin. Church, it's not okay. Sin is sin and it needs to stop and it needs to be removed. That infection in your body needs to get healed and you need to get healed up correctly, not try to keep covering up that infection. Prohibiting judgment. You know, there are chapter breaks between chapters 5 and chapter 6 and then between chapter 6 and chapter 7. But you know, those chapter breaks weren't put in until much later after Jesus had spoken it, after it had even been written. So we've got to be able to take, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Then comes, don't judge lest you be judged. Judge not follows right after seeking the kingdom of God. When we endeavor to do that, when we endeavor to seek God first, these challenges in our life come. He wants us to make sure that he is our top priority, that righteousness is what we're seeking after when we step in to judgment, not judging with a critical spirit. Because you know what's going to happen is you're going to want to criticize people you're going to start seeing the right way and you're going to start seeing people doing things the wrong way. And what Jesus is saying is that if you're not careful, when you're really pursuing God with all your heart, you're going to get off track with a critical spirit. It happens in Christians, it happens in the church, it happens in the world. We start getting critical of people. And Jesus is saying, do not do that. Don't get critical with people. Because it's the normal temptation. And he's saying you're going, to get, you're going to get distracted. And not only that, while you're pursuing God and you're on fire for God, you know what else is going to happen? They're going to get critical of you. They're going to get critical of your passion, of your love, of you being on fire and going after God. And they're going to start throwing things at you. It, it even says in Scripture, it's going to be like dogs waiting to attack you. Like pigs waiting to trample on what you've got to offer. And Jesus is saying, not only are you going to get critical with others, or that's a tendency, but they're going to get critical with you, and you're going to get off track. And Jesus is saying, be watching, and don't get off track. Talks about dogs. Don't throw to the dogs the things that are holy. Isn't that kind of weird to hear Jesus Christ call people dogs? Does that shake you a little bit? And pigs? And wolves, being distracted and having a critical spirit, someone attacking you with a critical spirit, will preoccupy us and cause us to get off track. 
And it's one of the main things that he is addressing here in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 through 6. You know what Jesus is doing? He is fighting for your heart. He's trying to say, I want your heart. And I want to protect you from this side and from that side. Those that are wanting to be critical of you and you being critical of others. Because if you're critical of others, you've got all kinds of stuff that's going to come at you for that. If you let those being critical of you get you down, you're not going to be able to accomplish what it is I've called you to do. And I want to protect your heart. Remember, to judge means to evaluate. If you don't evaluate, great harm will come into your life. To judge or evaluate basically means to affirm what's right and what's good with God's definition and to expose and remove what's wrong and harmful from God's definition. What God defines as good for what God defi- and for what God defines as bad. Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. What is that saying? It's saying when you're in the middle of a circumstance and you want to get very emotional, don't judge. Have you ever been driving, have you ever gotten your car and you've been in a huge hurry and it compromised the safety of your driving? You cannot let that happen. Now, you might drive a little bit faster, you might go a different route, but you don't compromise safety. You can't. You're putting somebody else's life at risk. You're putting your life at risk. You're putting your future at risk. If you're a husband and you're a a worker in the household for your wife and your kids, you're putting your family in, in harm's way because you need to be there in one minute sooner. Get there safely. The Lord is saying, I want you to get to the end here, but these challenges are going to come. And what wants to happen is your emotions want to take over and you want to judge somebody incorrectly. And all that's going to do is hurt that person and it's going to hurt you. Judge with righteous judgment. Don't judge with uh, human appearance. As the scripture continues that we're going to get into next week, he says... Remove the, he says, uh, remove the speck from your brother's eye. We're going to see, he says, don't look at the speck in your brother's eye, get rid of the plank in your own eye. But then he goes on and says, but then when you're ready to remove the speck in your brother's eye. We still remove the speck. We're still called to help our brother. And I want you to notice something. Two or three times in this scripture, he uses the word brother. This is somebody you're close to. This is somebody you have relationship with. This is a good relationship that I'm able, I position myself in Christ to be able to speak into somebody's life. And I position myself in Christ with someone that they can speak into my life. We still need to remove the speck, but we need to deal with the plank first. We're going to get into that next week. I'm sure you all will really look forward to that. But you need to get rid of the plank. It's the part of judging righteously is deal with yourself first. Quit looking at what everything's wrong in everybody else's life and deal what you've got in your life. Deal with that. It's going to help you to help your brother deal with what they're dealing with. Have you ever sat down with somebody and they're battling a sin or they're battling something in their life and you can just say, look, I've been there. I know what you're going through. And it's not judgmental. It's just complete concern and mercy and just saying, can I help you? I know what you're battling, and I'm not against you. I'm for you. 
that's different than someone that's never been through it just to come and say, you've got a booger hanging out of your nose and I think it's ugly. <laughs> and you should go take care of that. And what you don't realize is you've got a bigger one hanging out of your nose. Doesn't that just upset you? Go take care of your own nose. Jesus is saying, deal with what you're going through. It'll help position you to help them deal with what they're going through. The fight in the Christian life is to say, well, we just shouldn't judge. No, Jesus doesn't say that. Jesus says, you shouldn't judge with the wrong spirit. I want you to judge righteously. Let me tell you, the church needs to stand up for righteousness. The church needs to help the world be delivered from unrighteousness, not condemn the world for unrighteousness. We're not called to do that. We're called to help, not hurt. And the the bad thing is, so many in the church are battling some of the same things. But... We're a Christian, so we're going to tell everybody else what they're doing wrong and not deal with what we're doing wrong. That's not Christ-like. Do you know if we judge wrongly, it's displeasing to God? I'm going to close with with three examples from Revelation of, of Jesus bringing judgment to the church. And Jesus is complimenting one church and getting on to two churches for not bringing judgment inside the church. Not Jesus judging the church, but the people bringing judgment inside the church. Revelation chapter 2, three times Jesus appeared in his resurrected body to John the Apostle, and he goes and he talks to seven churches. I'm not going to go through those today. But on three occasions in Revelation 2, he he addresses the leaders of the church not judging, judging or not judging. He says to the church of Ephesus in chapter 2, verse 2, he says, you know, you've done a lot of things good. Now, in leadership, have you ever heard the, the sandwich method? Jesus, Jesus says something good, and then he says something bad. I mean, it's leadership 101. Jesus can find good in you, and Jesus can find bad in you, and that's good. We need encouragement, and we need correction. Our children need encouragement and they need correction. They don't just need correction. They need encouragement. What are they doing good? And then you need to help them do good. Jesus says, you're doing a lot of things good. Where am I? You're doing a lot of things good. But here's what I don't like. He says, I have this against you. Let's go back. The church of Ephesus. He says, you're doing a lot of things good. And one thing I really like is you expose false apostles for what they are. These guys are in the church and they're preaching the gospel or they're preaching a part of the gospel. And the leaders of the church, they've exposed them as not being genuine. Jesus says, that's good because you're protecting my church by exposing those false ministries. And that's judgment. Is that judgment? The leaders in the church are saying, this is off, and we need to correct it. Jesus says, good job. You protect my church. Now, is that people judging correctly? Yes. These guys, uh, okay, so same chapter, uh, Revelation 2.14. 
Uh, he goes in the opposite direction. The church at Pergamos. He says, I like these things about you that you're doing, but here's what I don't like. I have this against you. You don't judge the people in your congregation that are teaching the doctrine of Balaam that leads to immorality. He says, I like these things, and he lists those things. Then in verse 14, he says, I have this against you. You neglect to judge. Wake up, stand up, and be thankful, and protect the church from the encroachment of false doctrine and from the immorality that comes with it. Now, finally, the third one, he goes to the church at Thyatira and he says, you're doing these things good, but what you're not doing good is you are letting in this spirit, this woman named Jezebel. I don't believe it's literally a woman. I believe it's a spirit and allowing that spirit to happen in the church. And Jesus is saying, you need to get rid of that. Now, there are things, church, in your life that need to be corrected. There are things in the family unit. There are things in your jobs. There are things in your personal life. There are things uh, with your kids. There are things that need to be judged, but judged righteously. That's where we're going. Can you feel the heaviness of this at all? This is really pretty deep stuff for the church to walk through. But we're called to walk through it. Parents, we're called to walk through it. Do not be uh, complacent and checked out of your family. Check in. And the way you check in is start taking care of your heart. Get your heart right. Then when you see problems, you're going to handle those problems in a merciful, godly way. Not in a critical way judgmental spirit can y'all hear me that's where we're starting I know I'm just barely giving you enough to maybe confuse you pastor says judge not but then it says judge exactly that's exactly what he's saying he's saying if you've got the wrong spirit don't judge But when you start walking out my word, start walking worthy, then your judgment is going to be godly judgment, not worldly judgment. And that's what we're after. Amen? Y'all stand up with me. Father, in Jesus' name, we we just need you so bad. We, and I I mean I, I have such a hard time being critical, Lord, in flesh, in the world, and I let my emotions get ahead of me. Father, I just submit, submit my heart to you and just say, Lord, I need you and I need to come after you. I need to seek you better and I need to close my mouth before I speak. So that when I go to encourage and to bring correction to my family or to my ch- children or to, to just want to be critical. Or the enemy's trying to attack and I attack it with, a, with the wrong spirit. Lord, I'm just setting myself up for the enemy to have victory over me. And Lord, I need victory over my enemy. We just praise you, Lord, and we just worship you and just acknowledge that you are our God. And you are our breakthrough. You may be here today and you may say, Pastor, I've never received Christ as my Lord and Savior. 
here in just a minute, I want you to walk up here and let us pray with you. Today is the day. Today is the day. You may say, Pastor, I've done this over and over and over. I've tried everything. I've read every book. I've tried every way to get my life on track, but nothing works. I want you to know Christ is your answer. Would you step out this morning? Those that are praying with me, y'all come on down. You may need prayer today still, even from worry. You may need prayer today from having a judgmental spirit, from a criticizing spirit. Can I encourage you? Join the crowd. We all, we all have that problem. Jesus didn't teach a message that was irrelevant or that wasn't to be needed. He taught a message that was going to be needed, that we were going to be going through, that we were going to battle. Jesus knew what we were going to battle. He's saying, I'm your answer to, to free you of that critical spirit. If that's you and you want prayer, I want to, want to just open this uh, altar. If you've got prayer, if you need prayer for your, uh, for your health, for your children, everybody's starting tech this week. Maybe you need prayer for school. Maybe you need prayer for finances. What do you need? Hook up your trailer and come up here and let's ask. Let's ask according to God's will because he says if we'll ask according to God's will, he will do it. What do you need? If y'all just bow your heads with me. Father, in Jesus' name, we acknowledge you as our provider. We acknowledge you as our restorer and our deliverer, our redeemer. We just plead the blood of Jesus over our situations. And Lord, we just hook up our trailer right now and we get ready for the blessings of God to come because we are coming after you with all our heart. But we've got to hook up and we've got to go to that house and we've got to go and get what it is that you have given us, Lord. Your word says you prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies. But we've got to eat. We've got to come to the table. Would you come to the table, church? I just thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.